Yes, this is Dwayne Golden, and I'm excited here today with you as we continue with our sickle cell disease stories that represent actual people and actual lives that are behind that name and that title. For many, it's that that one thing that black people get. For others, it's that one disease that has something to do with the blood. Well, I'm here to tell you today, you deserve to know a little bit about what goes in the life of someone that has it. Today, you're going to hear from none other than Tristan Lee. Tristan, who has gone on throughout life, his entire life, of his consciousness with sickle cell disease, never to be told that he has it. He was born and had it when his parents knew when he was a child, but when he was a baby. But I want you to meet him yourself and find out there is life beyond sickle cell disease. And the more of us who involve ourselves and are more aware, the greater potential, the greater opportunities that people with sickle cell disease can have. Why is that important? Because it is the number one hereditary blood-related disease in the nation. However, it is one of the least supported in any of our states. Something's got to be done soon. So therefore, we got to hear from none other than Tristan Lee. Tristan, how are you? Good to have you here. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Tristan, I want people to know today, in this brief time that we have together, tell us a little bit about sickle cell disease, specifically as I ask you these questions. And I'm going to begin with one. We know that as we've heard other stories, many, some are told at the age of seven or eight, some are find out when they reach their adolescent years. And there are those who know from birth. Tell us, what is your story? I mean, what age were you when you were told that you had sickle cell disease? And um, what was that like for you to have that transition between a normal scene? And then you found out you have to be different and you have to play different. What was that like for you? So, yeah. So it all started when I was six months. Um, I would not stop crying. My mom was getting really upset because she was a new mom. She called my grandmother and my grandmother told her to take me to the hospital because something was clearly wrong. Um, so my mom did that. And the doctors and nurses, you know, they just were like, oh, you know, is the baby just having cry. Uh, my mom wasn't having it. So she called my grandmother again. And my grandmother was like, all right, I'm coming out. So my grandmother came out. She heard me all throughout the hospital, all throughout the wing I was on because I was crying in like tremendous pain. She came back to my room, picked me up and I was swaddled in this blanket. And when she picked me up, my left arm fell out because it was so swollen and they didn't know oh what was my. wrong. So grandmother was like, call the doctor immediately, get him in here. Something is going on with my grandson. So they did. The doctor came in. He was a new, uh, you know, doctor in the area from India. And he came in. He was like, I think I know what's going on with your grandson and your son. But I want to run some blood tests just to double check. So can I do that? My mom, of course, gave him permission. He did that. And the next day, we got the diagnosis of me having sickle cell disease type SS. Wow. Tristan, let me tell you something. So... What I just heard is what an experience for your mother, for your family. They're six months old who, when you're a parent, you're planning these things out before the baby ever comes out. You're planning out their future. Oh, and then they're going to send them to this college. They're going to play sports. They're going to do this. And then they're going to get married. With they're going through all that. And at six months, I just heard that they have to be, they have to reframe things. 
you could still do those things, but now we're going to change the pathway. And I think that, so for you, you were six months. It was no different for you, for them, for your family. That had the, must have been a challenge. Wow. That, you know, th that leads me to my next question is I think that's important for people to know. Y yes. Some of you are watching this. You've had children already. You didn't have to think about any of that. You just, you had your child, you planned it out. Oh, we're going to send them to this school. We're going to put them in this soccer team. You knew already. It's different for the people who deal with sickle cell. And that opens up this door, Tristan. My question is, so now you don't know any different. You already had sickle cell disease from the time you were conscious of life. So you're in grade school. You're in whatever grade you're in and all the kids are running out to play. You live in the Northeast where it's cold out. And so the cold weather means something different for someone with sickle cell. What was that transition for you to like when you realized whenever you play with the kids, it hurt so bad you had to sit and rest for a while or you were told you couldn't go out. How, what was that like for you to transform and have to reframe how you were going to do these kind of things? What was that like for you? Uh, it was pretty tough because, you know, I was just, in my head, like a normal kid, I was just like any of the other kids. I wanted to go, you know, at recess time, I'm going to play. I'm going to be out there, you know, doing dodgeball, doing jumping rope, you know, all of the activities <laughs> that I was doing. But for some reason, I only had like maybe five minutes of like real great energy. And then I would get fatigue because, you know, sickle cell fatigue is real. Um, so... I was just like, what is going on? Like, why can't I play like I want to? And so that was like a huge learning point. Um, and, but I adjusted, I made the adjustments, you know, kept hydrated, stayed with my juice boxes, you know, at recess and just kept it moving. Your juice boxes, huh? I still drink those. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I still do the juice boxes. So I get that. Um, you know, if you're listening today, understand that sickle cell disease is very real and it's beyond the name it's beyond the dictionary it's beyond seeing a television commercial there are things that go on that will leave a person with sickle cell disease hovered over in the corner in pain not not wanting people to know because you, you don't want to be people don't want to be treated different they want to be they want people to focus on that they want them to, tristan wanted people to like him because he's tristan not because they sympathize so there's a lot of psychosocial things that affect Patients with sickle cell, and I appreciate you being here with us today, Tristan. You know, it's one thing to hear the aspirations of a young teenager who decides that they want to be an accountant or a physical therapist or whatever they want to do or be. And then there are those things that could interfere with those desires, such as abnormal missed days of school, which for many would, would translate into someone having mediocre grades or mediocre opportunities because of that, because of the countless hospitalizations or uh, strokes and things that other kids don't have to go through. What was that like for you? Uh, you're in your adolescent years. Everyone else is coming into their own. They're maturing. Their voices are changing. Their bodies are changing. And so they're, they know, you know, at that age that the fork of life is coming. What am I going to do? What am I going to be? And who am I going to be? What was that like for you? Could you give us a picture of what that is, what that was for you with dealing with sickle cell um, and those things? And you're most of it private. A lot of your friends didn't know you. A lot of people, you didn't get, let them know how horrible it was for you so that you can still be treated normally. What was that like for you? Could you walk us through that, Tristan? Yeah, like and like you said, like, you know, 
body's changing and all that stuff at that age. And it just so happened that my body changed in a major way because I had a stroke at the age of nine. <laughs> um, oh, so wow. once I got into my adolescence, it was just like completely like night and day. You know what I mean? Like I had, I couldn't open my left hand. I couldn't like really walk that well because I had like a heavy limp. And you know what I mean? Um, I had a stroke in the right side of my brain that affected the left side of my body. So when everybody else was kind of like, you know, going through puberty and all that stuff, like I was going through those things, but I was doing it with sickle cell and having just survived, you know, uh, life altering strokes. So it was very uh, different for me, but, you know, by the grace of God, I got through it. My mom helped me through it a lot. She's like my number one supporter and a huge champion, you know, of mine. And she always instilled in me that, you know, I could do and be whatever I wanted to. So that just kind of like, you know, gave me the strength to do and be everything I am today. Um, and throughout adolescence, like there was nothing, even though she wanted to keep me close, you know, as moms do, mm -hmm. uh, let me find my own way. She kind of let me just, you know, go hang out with my friends when I wanted to. But she always told me, if you get tired, if you get, you know, cold or whatever, just remember, you need to do what you need to do because you could easily go into a crisis, you know, if you're not careful and don't listen to your body. So just pay attention. So that was always in my mind, you know what I mean? And I always kept... I don't mean to do this, but I think it's such a beautiful thing. What you're talking about right now, and I think people should hear that. Your support system built a bridge to make it easier for you to bear. Um, having someone tell you that. And it, it makes a difference because we have many patients who don't have anyone to tell them that. There are, we have some patients who are in foster care. They're in different places where a family might not know how to deal with it. So God bless you. It's a wonderful thing to hear. That you that you did have that to assist you in getting through the time frame, you know. I have three sons myself, and I know that just teenage years are tough with or without disease. But when you have to bear that, you know, you get this champion, young champion inside of you that's forced to be there as part of survival. So congratulations to you on that. What you're hearing today, folks, where I'm here with Tristan Lee, Tristan Lee, the fashion designer. He's not Tristan Lee. The person with sickle cell is Tristan Lee. Tristan Lee, the the one who is a great fashion designer, actor, and many other talents, who just so happens to have sickle cell disease. And if you don't know this, if you don't hear stories like that, you will get it all mixed up. And Tristan, I'm sure it's a delight. One of those times when you don't have pain, there's no crisis around, and people are acknowledging you for who you are because you're Tristan. You're the fun one to be around. You're that person at work who, who does a great job and no one's focusing on the disease. And I'm saying this for a reason. I want those who are listening to your story to understand in the life of the folks who have a deal with sickle cell, they don't get the opportunity often to be seen as themselves, the person who does bring value to the job or to school or value to the friendship because people deal with them from a fr standpoint of either sympathy or the focus on the disease itself. So can you talk about that a little bit to see yourself as you see others where you can think about them only and not the empathy and sympathy of a disease necessarily, but you get to, it's like, oh, thank God, Tristan's here. He can do it. What was that like? What is that like now that you're at a stage in your life where everybody doesn't have to know? You don't. Have to, it doesn't have to be worn on your sleeve. 
And what was that like for you to finally get to the point where you could feel that? I mean, it was amazing. It was freeing. You know what I mean? Like I was finally not just being seen as, oh, poor, sick little Tristan, but finally (laughs) seen as my own, you know, powerful being that God created me to be. So it was just completely like phenomenal, you know, and I just thank God that he really gave me that strength to be the person that I am right now. And, you know, just to have that instilled in me from a very young age from my mom, you know, and everybody that I had in my family continuing to treat me like not just a disabled, you know, person that has sickle cell that can't do anything. They always told me, do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Shoot for the stars. Just be a good person and trust in God. Wow. Hey, Tristan, I want to tell you something. I can only imagine, you know, there are people without disease and who don't even get to experience that. So it's a wonderful thing that you do. Some people just, people see them as their height or their complexion or their absence of hair or their absence of sight or because they're in a wheelchair. But the idea that you can be have that freeing psychology within yourself to say that, oh, I matter. I'm significant too. So that's a beautiful thing. If you're watching today, we're talking with Tristan, Tristan Lee of um, the fashion design world, but Tristan Lee, who is talented, who acts and who has the artistic side. We're pleasured here with the idea that Tristan is so much more than a person with sickle cell disease. However, he's been very courteous to share his story with us so that others can know that it's possible to be more and it's it's possible to do more and give more towards this disease. Um, if you're watching today, if you look at the top of our screen, you'll see it says DonateSCD.com. If you'd like to give anything towards sickle cell disease, the funds go towards increasing the quality of life for those who deal with it. And we have people around the, the nation who are some who are consistently in hospital. I have an interview with someone tomorrow who is been in the hospital for a while. They have another week or so to go. We'll be interviewing them. We have some who are incarcerated. We have those who are on their own and are homeless. We have those within the local mission. Uh, As I said, it's the number one hereditary blood disease within the nation. And you deserve to find out what it is that you can do. And it is not a black disease. It is related to geography more than uh, anything else. And so there are those who are from Mediterranean Mediterranean countries and those are from other geographies, including Italy and others who are subject to it. So yes, the faces are not just of, of, of African-American descent. They are from others as well. And we have the great pleasure of serving them throughout the 26 counties within in, uh, Pennsylvania. Tristan, I said a mouthful yeah. just there and I need to shut my mouth and let you do the talking. Tristan, you know, we talked We're about, saying- say it again. Then you were saying everything so right. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm reading the script that you wrote. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, here here's something that's quite interesting. We talked about the early years, you know, uh, childhood development. And we talked about adolescent. You know, many don't think about it. You know, the the stress that comes over someone as they look at employment or getting into the job market or the job place, and you know, these, the interviews are already intimidating, but when you see the applications, they often are too. Is there anything that we should know about that would keep you from being able to hold down this job and keep it? 
you know, is there anything health related thing that we need to know about that we might find in your in your medical records or medical history? What was it like for you to get out there and want to do your part to generate revenue or generate income to take care of your future family and take care of your future life? What was that like for you? Tell us about that experience. Well, yeah. So like any other 16 year old, you know, as soon as I was able to get a job, I wanted to get a job. So the application process was always like something that was tricky because of course I had to let them know, you know what I mean? Every three weeks I got to go to the hospital to get blood transfusions, you know what I mean? So there's a huge chunk of my schedule that's going to be missing, you know? So I'm not always going to be able to do like the night shift or, you know what I mean? Like there's certain things that I'm just not going to be able to do. And I know that's hard for an employer to hear, but I mean, it was just a reality situation. But I did actually get my first job at uh, KFC <laughs> at 16. And okay. they were work with my schedule. So I was really appreciative of them for that. You know, I'm not really one for fast food now that I've gotten older. I'm really careful with my body, but I'm telling you, just hearing KFC <laughs> makes a brother salivate a little bit, you know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I can imagine the at 16, you know, we, we have some who are playing sports every day, full court basketball and stuff like that. And they don't let their friends know. So when they're getting elbowed and they're going through it and they're playing on the court in the fall. And then, of course, at right when winter's touching base, they don't like people to know. And they have to. And then they end up in the hospital for two, three weeks with this, with the challenges that come. So I work can often be similar. And in your case, at 16, you're KFC. You weren't 21 and at the local trucking company loading and unloading the trucks. You weren't on the docks. I don't know. And, and so uh, I just wanted people to have an experience what that's like. Now, now that you're 37, you've had other jobs. You've worked in the professional environment. You've probably worked in some acting. Has that ever, has, Where? what role has sickle cell, has it ever interfered with you when you came close to either losing a job or maybe you've actually lost it because you couldn't hold down the fort with your health conditions. Tell us about that, Tristan. Um, I think the only adversity that that I'd had was because, you know, I'd be tired at night sometimes, you know what I mean? So, of course, I would have, like, the full energy that I needed to really get me through the whole shift. But luckily, being, you know what I mean, the fashion designer that I am, and you know, transitioning into the entertainment industry that I am today, that kind of you know created like a whole new realm of setting my own schedule and being like my own boss, which was a blessing. So I mean, it was just like it was a blessing more than it wasn't. You know what I mean? Especially with acting, you know, you don't have to kind of always be in the locked into like the mainstream schedule. You know, you can kind of like bounce around and like it's a flow, you know, so it was nice. Well, for the rest of us, we really don't know. We're not actors. So, I mean, we all we all pictured our minds. We all think we're Denzel or Mel Gibson or uh, uh, or one of these other actresses. We all think we're all those things. So you have an experience that many of us uh, would only dream about. So we don't I can't identify with it, but I do get what you're saying. So yeah, I, I was talking to Denzel. Okay, okay you know what I mean? <laughs> That's funny. That's hilarious. Well, you know, you're hearing it right here. 
uh, and you can see that having sickle cell disease does not eliminate you from being able to have fun. It doesn't stop you from living your life. Being an actor, many don't know of the actor. I think his name from the, the show Power. I don't remember his name. Lorenzo Tate and others who have sickle cell disease. Yeah. It's a very, it's a known fact that some of the NFL players, musicians, it hasn't stopped them. But many, it has stopped because the absence of awareness, the absence of funding that that is that does not exist. And doesn't give everyone the opportunities to be able to succeed and make life different. We're happy today that even the chair of our board of directors has sickle cell disease. He's a physician. Even when I was a younger man, I remember as a drug rep servicing that hospital and the clinics that she served in. They, people with sickle cell go on and make a difference in lives and they can have that impact for generations. But it happens more often. It can happen more proficiently if we all jump on board. And you can see up top. You can go to DonateSCD.com and you can actually make a donation with PayPal. It doesn't even matter if it's $5. Everything goes towards helping making the lives of greater quality. For those who don't have a family network like Tristan Lee, who don't have someone, there are, we have social workers and others who are there and involved in making sure that someone can be there at, the, at our patient's side while they're in, in, um, in crisis at the hospital. We have advocacy at many different levels because of your donation. Now, Tristan, first of all, I want yeah. to thank you for being here today with us. And just out of curiosity, what's next for you? Where are you headed? What's what's next in this chapter? You're only 37. I mean, that's young. I you don't know if you know this or not. I've been told, because I'm 57, I got you about 20 years. I was told that 57 is the new 37. So if that's true, you want to, the whole world's in front of you. The, the world is your oyster. What's next for you, my brother? So what's next for me is, you know, concentrating definitely on building my fashion brand, mm -hmm. uh, Devo Stars. And just like you were saying, every uh, portion, a portion of my proceeds go to the sickle cell organizations that I work with. Mm -hmm. So anytime they make a purchase from Devo Stars, just know that a portion of those proceeds are going to help. Uh, a sickle cell organization, and we just thank you for that. Um, I'm also right now wrapping up my rare disease day uh, stuff that I've been on. I've been doing a rare disease day campaign mm -hmm. for the past uh, month, mm -hmm. and I've been very blessed to be in you know 30 different countries. Uh, it's, it's over like 30 different different languages. And it's just been a blessing. So I'm kind of like on tour a little bit. Okay, um, okay. Spreading sickle cell awareness and just trying to continue to be a professional patient advocate for us until we get our universal cure, which I sure, I assure you is coming in my lifetime and in your lifetime. Like, so just know that it's on the way. And yeah, just, you know, trusting God and letting him lead the way. And mm -hmm. I just go. Okay, you've heard it. Tristan is moving forward, doing all kinds of really cool things. In fact, I just heard now, being that uh, not only is my wife from Colombia, but I've lived in the uh, country of Colombia the last seven years. Tristan was just uh, doing um, some things there recently and other countries. Congratulations in advance. Tristan, if people want to know more about what you're doing with this tour and so forth, where can they go? Um, they can always log on to the Rare Disease Day campaign. Rare Disease um, Day campaign .com, Is that how it goes? Uh, well, it's actually Nord. So they okay. would have to go to Nord. And then from there, they'd be directed to the Rare Disease campaign. 
Uh, and from there, you know, they can do hashtag show your stripes, hashtag okay. show your stripes, you take a picture, you show your support for the rare disease community. Uh-huh. And, you know, it just is a beautiful thing because that spreads worldwide awareness. Bless you. I think I'm allergic to you, man. Uh, just joking. Now, let me let me just get this out there. Tristan, we really enjoyed having you here with us today, telling your story. The world needs to know. You're already doing it. You don't need us for that, but we just thank you for giving us the privilege to share your story with our subscribers and others who will actually catch this video. Now, if you're watching today and you learn more about Sickle Cell, we thank you for being here with us. We also would like to thank you for giving us an opportunity to be in your home, be in front of your monitor, whether you're watching it on your mobile device or if you're watching it on screen. God bless you and yours. Don't forget, Tristan Lee, you're going to hear some things coming down the pike with the sickle cell. You'll say, hey, I saw that guy on the webcast with the sickle cell council. And um, again, we thank you for joining us in our webcast. We thank you, Tristan Lee. It's been a powerful pleasure. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Take care. <laughs>